I invite you to join me in On Fire with Linda Fields. It's a movement designed to calibrate, validate, and activate men and women like you who love God, putting your God-inspired passions and plans into action to carry out your callings in all seven spheres of influence. That's business and economy, government, education, family, arts, media, and church. On Fire with Linda Fields exists to help you complete your God-given assignments with a community of kingdom connections. Whether it's increasing your current sphere of influence or changing paths to walk into your purpose, if you want to set the world ablaze through Christ's power, join the movement at www.onfire.global. A few years and then a lot. And uh, as I began to converse with her about this time, I knew from the beginning that it was a definite yes. It was something that I should definitely do without hesitation. And I love the way God fills in the blanks. And I get the sense that you too have come without a reservation. You've come seeking. You've come ready to hear from the Lord. And so I'd like to just uh, for us to agree with a few statements of faith right now together. So just open your hands in your lap and... Um, Let's just go together with uh, the spirit of receiving from the Lord. I just want us to settle in right here because we're going to go kind of fast and we're going to have to kind of hang on to our seat here. And uh, so this will help us, all right? Okay, so hands extended. Lord Jesus, I am hungry to receive my call. Repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I am hungry to receive my my call. Lord Jesus, I embrace you with all that I have. Lord Jesus, I am a woman of purpose. I am a spirit-led woman. And I want to step in with everything I've got today. That is the feeling I've gotten from everyone I've gotten to speak with this morning. I've had the chance to maybe meet with 10 or 15 of you. And so I love that place that we've stepped in, and, and it's a holy place. Because your call, your purpose as a spirit-led woman is a very holy pursuit. And you know you're on a pursuit. You know you're on a journey. You have history. And I love all the testimonies we heard today. And if we had time, we could take each and every one of you and put you in a chair and say, tell us the things God's taught you. Tell us from where God has brought you. Tell us where God has you now. Tell us where the Lord is taking you. What is the Spirit saying? And this room is rich with the deposit of the Spirit, and yet we want more, right? We want to be more yielded to the Holy Spirit, and say that with me. Lord, I want to be what? More yielded to the Holy Spirit, and so that's where we're going. Now, I'm going to share with you first a story so that you'll have a little picture of why I am so passionate about helping you take this next step. I live to do this. I am in Kansas City at the International House of Prayer. Prior to that, taught business in a university setting and built this organization Marlene talked about. Came from being a a preacher's daughter, wearing hand-me-downs all my life as a little child. And yet, because I was taught very early on to believe God big, the Lord's allowed me to accomplish some fascinating things, which he is also about helping you accomplish. But it wasn't always that way. And so the story I want to share with you today is called Burned But Blessed. And so how many of you can say, I've been burned? (laughs) Amen. 
And it's how we handle the situations when we find ourselves uh, having been burned by betrayal, by a problem, by a death, by a bankruptcy, by a financial challenge, by a uh, disappointment, by a heartfelt cry for more of God that seems to never be answered. And we find ourselves asking God all of the hard questions. And, you know, God is not afraid of the hard questions. But here's how it worked out for me. As a little girl at the age of seven, I heard my dad preaching about the cross like I had heard many, many times. And yet this one time, I thought my heart would literally beat out of my chest when I heard my daddy talk about Jesus dying on the cross for my sin. And you see, at the age of seven, I had a huge burden because I had stolen the bubble bath beads from Mrs. Riley's bathroom during a revival church service. And it plagued me day and night. And this is the kind of thing where after a revival, the preacher and the singer, everybody goes to someone's house who can really cook great fried chicken. This is in South Texas. If you're a vegetarian, I'm sorry, but it's just what they do. And at the opportunity to, to go in the ladies' room, I saw the most beautiful gold squishy bubble bath beads I'd ever seen. I'd never seen such a thing. I thought I had to have them took the whole package, not just one, not that that would have been any better, put it under my skirt and hid it under the seat of the car. And I could never enjoy my treasure, of course, because of the great guilt that came with it. And, you know, sometimes we say, well, that's cute uh, or that you were just a little girl. But you know what? Sin is sin. And my heart was heavy with sin. And when I heard my daddy preach about Jesus dying on the cross, I knew that little Linda Lowe's sin of stealing Miss Riley's bubble bath beads had been paid for on the cross. And so I prayed a prayer to receive Jesus in my heart, and I took it. I took the Lord for everything that I thought he was to me, hook, line, and sinker. Came home, began to baptize my little brother in the plastic swimming pool. I was seven, he was four. And he would go down under and come back with his eyes wide and wider and wider until he saw the light. And um, in my... Learning to trust God and growing up believing God really meant what he said. I've done some things right and I've done some things not so right. But at 14, there'd never been a time I couldn't quite find God like what I was about to experience. We had moved from one town to another and my dad had come in the bathroom to light a hot water heater. And we had moved to a new town and as a 14-year-old, you're always really interested in how you're going to meet your friends and how things are going to come together for you, right? And I had on some nylon hose, and I had a mini skirt laid out. This is late 60s, and was getting ready for the day. My little brother was in the doorway, and when my dad knelt down to strike this match and light the hot water heater, the room went up in an explosion because butane had been leaking into the room all through the night. And we had no way of knowing that because there was no scent in butane at that time. What happened next uh, led me into the most horrific season of pain and questioning God, physical pain, confusion, where I was in a hospital, bandaged from mid-thigh down, my arms as well, had burns on my stomach, my face, my lips were crusted out, and I began to wonder where God had been during this explosion. Did he not see it? Had I done something wrong? Is there something we could have done different? We, our mind runs through the trail of questions, searching for God when we get burned. 
And the very first night, I found myself fighting because to stay on the bed, I felt myself floating up off of the bed all through the night. And when I would startle awake, of course, I hadn't left the bed, but I was in a battle for my life. And we found out that prayer chains were going around the clock, and the Lord did spare my life. I was then transferred to a burn unit where I had more reckoning with God to do. I was apart from my family who were all in different hospitals. And I just uh, kept asking. That's what you do when you can't get an answer. You just keep asking. So, Lord, what really did happen here? And over time, I began to understand, because the Holy Spirit's our great reminder, our great teacher, that had the Lord not been with me, I would not even be alive. I wouldn't be on the planet. And I had a roommate who had gone uh, through, had been through a severe fire of an airplane crashing on her house. My legs had third-degree burns, which is no skin. Her whole body was like this. And she would go and come from surgeries, getting skin graft after skin graft after skin graft. So as I am asking the Lord about this, the Holy Spirit reminded me of the story of the potter and the clay and how ridiculous it is when a lump of clay sits up and starts questioning the potter, like, what do you think you're doing here? You know, where are you? What have you done? Or what have you not done? And as the Lord worked me through that, I did not have my Bible. I didn't have my family. But, oh, I had the Holy Spirit in this burn center with me. And God helped me to begin to understand he had saved my life. And here I was complaining about the whole thing. Now, did that mean my path was going to be easy? No, it was pain-filled. It was traumatic. I had to learn to walk again. And um, yet every waking moment was like a prayer. And as I got um, wisdom from the Holy Spirit, I said, well, Lord, I know, I know you did save my life. Forgive me for doubting you were there. And I remember you are the God who heals, who makes the lame to walk, who makes the blind to see. And I'm asking, Lord, that you would heal my legs without skin grafts. And so this was just like a prayer for all of my waking hours during this season. And one day the doctors came in and they come there from all over the world. They circle the bed, they get their chart, and they make their notes. And my skin grafts were on the calendar. And this particular day, one doctor looked at my large open wounds and he said, you know, I think we should watch this because it seems like little patches of skin are beginning to pull together. And so they're puzzled by it. That's not supposed to happen. And so I hear that and I sit up and I, when you're in a burn hospital, you look pretty tough. I mean, it is, there's just no, no beauty contest when in a burn center. Lots of scarring, lots of of dead skin, lots of uh, horrific stuff, but we're all there together. And uh, I sat up and I said, well, I said, doctors, you know, the great physician is on my case. <laughs> and I don't know how I had the courage to say that, how it even came out of my mouth, but they're making notes. And I'm sure they're saying, call the psychiatrist, get this girl some help. But I never had a skin graft. And so the Lord uh, often gives us very hard situations early in life many of you, you many of you have had very hard situations very early in life and the lord uses these times not that he ordained them at all but when that happens you have a chance to define who god's going to be to you and i found a way in that time at 14 to see what i should do to find the blessings from my burns and as i learned to walk again and as i was healed from this i had many experiences where I was able to testify about how to go to God in your burns. 
Now, we're here about purpose. We're here about being spirit-led woman, a spirit-led woman, and how to step into that more strategically today. But I want to tell you that some of us have a place to go back to, to the places and instances in our lives where we say, you know, that was a very difficult thing for me. That was a disappointment. That was a delay. That was a time that I was truly burned. And so I want to leave, I'm starting with the something very heavy right now because I want you to be able to clear the deck so that you can get everything that's coming for you today. And finding the blessings in your burns is one of the most important steps that we all must take. In fact, I want to give away this book right off the bat here today to the first person who raises their hand right there. And this is called Find Your Why Forward. Come up and get this, if you will. And there are many stories in here about that fire, about overcoming burns, and about family. And she's a Linda, too. So bless you with that. <clears throat> but what we're talking about here right now is who will take the journey to find your why forward? Who will take the journey to become more of a spirit-led woman? So I'm going to share some keys with you today. And key one is about purpose being a holy pursuit. You see, life is kind of a divine setup, isn't it? It's a series of experiences. Some are very hard. Some are very traumatic. Others are exhilarating and joyful. And in learning that there are blessings that will come to you in disappointment or, or in disguise, is, it's the big wrestle. You know, Proverbs uh, 25 says, 25.2 says, It's the glory of God to conceal a matter and the glory of kings to search out a matter. Have you ever felt like your life was a divine treasure hunt uh, and uh, this continual search where you're on a quest? So many of you today have told me, I'm looking for something new. I'm looking for what's next. I'm going to find out what God has for me in this next season. Can I get an amen if that's you? Let me see. Yeah. And so you know what? God loves that. He loves that you're asking. And when you sign up for more with the Lord, when you just raise your hand, just pray those prayers and come into settings where God can speak, it's like putting a target on your heart in a good way, in the best possible way. And so the Lord looks at us and he says, there's my spirit-led women. They want to embrace their call. They want to cultivate what I've given them and, and go change the world. Some of you have told me today how you change the world with your students, some of your teachers, some of your counselors, some of you are raising children in your own home. Did you know that in every heart there is a cry to change the world? There is a cry to do something that will make things better when you put your hand to the task. And you see, the beautiful thing about this is when we look at the gifts God's given us, there's a diversity of gifts. There's a diversity of activities, but the same spirit, right? And diversities of gifts. So you have been responding to the Holy Spirit, and yet you're wanting more from the Holy Spirit. You're wanting to avail yourself, yield yourself more fully. And as we uh, take this topic today and say, so what could we do in a day? What could we do on a Saturday that would set us up for succeeding in God's plan? And when I say success, success is not a bad word. God wants you to be fruitful. He wants you to multiply. He wants you to have peace in your soul and a good reward for what you're doing. And so the Lord is up to uh, something pretty big when, when this many women come together and say, I want to be a spirit-led woman more tomorrow than I am today. OnFire.Global is a movement made of men and women who understand that past plans won't work for the future. We're in a new time and a new place that requires us to fan the flames of vision to a whole new level. 
going all in with God like never before. So fire up your purpose, come find your people, and frame up your plans to set the world ablaze together with me at www.onfire.global.